With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There are cameras in the sky. Lasers in our living rooms. Get a friend. Get informed. And get involved. It's We Are Not Cattle Radio. Good evening and welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I am your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live, not from Atlanta anymore. It is somewhere in the boonies in Georgia. Thank you so much for listening to us. It is Friday, January 9th, 2015, and we'll be live here for the next hour. Joining me will be Josh Wiley, uh, my research partner for a long time, and um, we're going to be covering... Gosh, I wish there was something to talk about in the news, but there's really nothing, so I don't even know why we're running the show, but uh, no, totally. Um, just to give you guys a little bit of background um, before we get Josh pulled up here, uh, for all the new listeners, I, I do want to give you a, um, just like uh, maybe a two-minute synopsis of who I am, where I come from, and why I developed this radio show. I became a an informed person, uh, I would say, about seven years ago. Uh, my stepping stone, much like many others, was listening to people like Alex Jones, and that at least opened my eyes to the possibility the possibility that maybe the mainstream media doesn't always tell us the truth all the time. So I got started down that road, and it continued to go further and further down the road. I started um, doing actually what he preaches on his show, reading books and looking at um, government documents, and became somewhat of a, um, I guess, what is the best word? We uh, we like to call it a conspiratologist, but it's just somebody that has a, a differing opinion than what the narrative is that is put down to us by our overlorded masters at the mainstream media. And not to fault all those people, because there's a lot of people that I know that have worked in mainstream media. One of the guys that I um, I interviewed, I'm going to be uploading that video this weekend, because one of the great things about living out in, in the Deep South, and one of the kind of – the great thing is you get a lot of freedom. Um, that's really cool. You don't have a lot of people harassing you. You don't have the the hustle and bustle of the city. But also – you do have this little thing called bandwidth that runs at a uh, at a premium, and it's very hard to get. And we'll just put it to you this way: for those of you that understand my little nerd friends out there, because I am a self-proclaimed nerd, uh, I'm running a three meg DSL pipe out here, people. So not rocking the the latest and greatest, and um, producing the show as best I can. So, but continuing back on with that idea. Um, so I became an informed individual about seven years ago, started looking into, um, like I said, uh, started reading books like Tragedy and Hope from Quigley, started becoming more and more aware of the Anglo-American establishment, uh, began to focus my uh, my main, I guess, uh, a lot of my time on the idea of um, of promoting liberty, which is the the essence of freedom and that we can all learn a lot from if you look back at history of our founders and I started looking into them and doing more research on those guys and found out that maybe they're not quite the people that your textbook would make them out to be. So there's um there's a lot of a lot of tearing down of predetermined uh, belief systems that I've done over the past couple of years and that has basically molded me into the person that I am today. And that's the reason that I run the show the way that I do is we're constantly changing. We're constantly evolving. And, and as individuals, if you're not constantly evolving and constantly learning, then you're, then you're really not going to be able to contribute in a intellectual um, sense. And you're not going to also be able to contribute in, a, in an emotional sense because, as Josh and I will discuss here, 
uh, in a few minutes, or actually later on in the show, that um, we become... Uh, hold on a second. It says it doesn't have a call-in number. And so there you go. All right. Uh, sorry about that, everyone. So... Okay, so I think that he said he just called in. I don't see him on the block here yet. Um, sorry, working on the the fun stuff. There we go. The fun stuff that is live radio. Um, so I started to, to gain more and more knowledge, and once again, I started becoming uh, an activist. I don't know if I'm backpedaling a little bit, so I kind of got uh, a little bit frazzled there. But I became an activist, devoted all of my time to uh, teaching people about the Federal Reserve System, teaching people about fractional reserve banking, um, trying to get people to realize that the bigger picture is not just the bankers, is not just the New World Order, so to speak, whatever you want to call it. Every, everybody's got a different name for it. Um, but it's the idea that the individual can power everything is what I came to the conclusion of. And it's us as the individuals that make it a society. And much like what Carol Quigley said, there are three things that exist in, uh, in modern terms. We have the individual, we have society, and then we have government. And he said two of which are necessary, one of which is not. And so when you look into the idea of what is government, then that's when you start becoming um, a philosophical uh, anarchist for the most part. And when I say an anarchist, I don't mean um, the, the nomenclature that is used today in the, in the common vernacular, which is, um, which is a, a very big misnomer in the fact that an anarchist is somebody that wants uh, trouble and, and stirs up terror. That is not what they are at all. An anarchist is a person that doesn't want any masters and doesn't want any rulers. And as the individual rises in this idea and in these times as we see people taking more and more responsibility, you see the one power system that still exists, and that is the state, moving in the direction to limit the freedoms of the individual. So what do I believe is going to happen? I believe that eventually that we're going to win out in this fight, and it is a, um, it is a fight. It is a, it's an it's a info war, and I hate to use that, but Alex Jones coined a great term. And once again, I don't, I, I've bashed Alex Jones or, or talked about him or at least pointed out things about Alex Jones that people need to be aware of, that he is there to sell a product. And yes, he is great for first-level, entry-level uh, libertarian ideas and libertarian concepts, and, and um, little-ill libertarian concepts are very, very far off his radar screen which I consider myself a small ill libertarian, which means that um, – and I'll talk to you guys about this later on at a different date. But it just means that I don't believe that government is the answer. I believe that the individual is the answer, and I believe that withdrawing from the system is the answer um, eventually. So if you look at what causes all these problems, what causes most of these problems? Guess what it is? Hey, it's money. And if you don't contribute money to the system, then guess what? If we have a bunch of individuals not contributing money to the system – the system doesn't exist, and then the system backlashes, and then the system pushes, and then the system might wind up a couple terrorists. And say, hey, look at what we did, Unitas. That's why we're here. Come on, man. Look at the suits and the armor vehicles. We got your back, son. They don't got your back. They got your pocketbook. Money from you. It's an extortion racket, a protection racket. Nothing for you and your safety. So let me bring up Josh Wiley here of the journalistic or formerly of the journalistic revolution. Now Josh Wiley of the independent man out in the wilderness somewhere. What's up, Josh? I suppose I'm still affiliated with the journalistic revolution. I don't know why I wouldn't be. No, that's true. But... I mean... All right. So I completely botched that intro. Anyway, <laughs> Josh, my um, my research partner, um, f um, one step beyond me. There we go. There, there's Josh Wiley, everyone. That and uh, fellow thought criminal. Yeah, you actually own one of those things that could have protected you from those goobers over in uh, in France. So yeah, you're a thought criminal. And if you don't submit to the state and just um, you know, stand in line to uh, have them throw you in a gulag so you can be protected, then 
Obviously, you don't uh, you don't need to be around here. You're not uh, you're not for America, man. You're not for. Um... Just need to... Yeah, go ahead. Just ban ban animation. Just ban cartoons, comic books, all of it. I'm glad that you said that. So let's um. I mean, let's start there, man. I mean, I want to get into some deeper philosophical stuff a little bit later on, but let's uh, let's start there. And uh, I got some great stuff that I didn't get to send to you. So um, your first take at this, and then I'm going to go through my little – I got some clips. I got some good old Fox News stuff that's going to be – you know, they're going to save us. So, Josh, your first take on what we saw in France. On what we saw in France, uh, that's a, a, an interesting saga, if there ever was one. Uh, I, First, let's the, define the, the terms. Let's use the, grammar, let's use the grammar logic and rhetoric. Let's define the terms. Who were these people? Were they Al-Qaeda? Were they ISIS? Were they ISIL? Is, is there a difference? Let's define the terms. Well, I, the term that I'd first like to define, I guess, is uh, the strategy of tension. Oh, how uh, dare you and, know what the strategy of tension is, Josh? Oh, yes. Well, I, I guess the strategy of tension, its underpinning is, uh, aside from false flag terrorism, uh, it's, it revolves around essentially controlling uh, uh, all sides of the media dialect uh, and playing them off against one another and including truth and lies mixed together. So the ultimate conclusion that people are left with is kind of bewilderment, fear, and confusion. Correct. Uh, and that that really is... It's the hallmark of, of most of these deep political style events lately. But this, this uh, Paris shooting is a wonderful example of it uh, in that the grammar uh, of this scenario uh, in the trivium sense, in the trivium method sense, in terms of defining your terms before you approach the subject is very How difficult to do. Uh, because this, this narrative being created on the fly uh, is... Um, is dubious at best. Mm -hmm. So can we trust that these are indeed uh, some form of al-Qaeda militants that are involved in, you know, Yemeni terror operations, Uh, which is one can of worms entirely, right, Mm -hmm. based on uh, the fact that, you know, NATO has essentially been using Yemen as as an arms clearinghouse for for quite some time now. Sure, so, and then the, and it, and Jordan it, as well as as like a training base, and they've um, that's been well documented over the past five or six years. Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, it, it's interesting how the Middle East is kind of compartmentalized in terms of which aspects are for are, are more for arms running and which are for for drug running. Sure, um, but that 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 could be one possible ig- angle to examine these folks from in terms of their grammar. You mean and wait, whoa, other, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. You mean you don't have the answer because Fox News and CNN, they have the answers. That's, that's the new media, people. In case you haven't figured it out, we went from the media asking all the damn questions till they got all the answers. They're going to tell you what you need to know. So continue. I'm sorry. I think a part of it's uh, also the fault of, I guess, our own alternative media in that instead of forming you know, hypotheses uh, attempting to, to gather all the grammar before exercising logic and rhetoric, mm-hmm. uh, most, most of these institutions are kind of taking the mainstream media's grammar at face value and then uh, exercising a logic and rhetoric that could fit more of a conspiratorial uh, or, or, or shadowy uh, intention sure. or operation. Right. Yeah, because let's face uh, it, there there could be I, real jihadi nut jobs that actually pull kind of you know stuff like this off. So let's not write that off as um, as some people would like to. And 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 I you know I love the alternative media, but sometimes to a fault, um, it's uh, as you have well documented in, in stuff that you've said before, Josh. It's an alternative to the to the mainstream narrative. It's not necessarily the truth. It's just an alternative narrative that we can parrot around. I mean, it's quite clear to me uh, on somewhat of a tangential note that the shills really are out in full force in the comment section on most high-profile blogs and websites related to these topics right now. Uh, I mean, just the ratio of new accounts to uh, uh, overtly uh, uh, upvoting and downvoting various posts, uh, most of which are based around promoting the fact that Islamofascism is an actual threat to NATO, uh, which, of course, is is ridiculous. It's patently ridiculous to think that... (laughs) Uh, a bunch of people could 
you know, buy AK-47s on some black market and, and you know. And an RPG. And an RPG by mean you. Yeah, and an RPG and go in and blow up a place. Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, the RPG, which, you know, hasn't been caught on footage. We've just seen the aftermath of it, uh, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. No, that's 100% so correct. I, yeah, I, so I have no idea what the what the chain of you know evidence would be for that RPG, and if it is an actual you know implement in this crime, uh, because from what I've seen so far, uh, I I've seen uh, a a headshot that is reported by the media as a headshot uh, that looks very much to be a blank firing uh, and an interesting uh, acting job with very little carnage and and. Uh, uh, sorry, you broke up there for a moment? And, and I said, and little recoil. Oh, yes, very little recoil. Uh, and, you know, no no, uh, no and, chipping of the cement uh, after the shot. I mean, mm-hmm. credit to InfoWars, where credit is due. Joe Biggs actually brought that up the other day, uh, which, I, which I found kind of uh, surprising, to be honest. Well, let's uh, – uh, and, we and, and also, you are, a, um, you are a owner of a, um, uh, a Kalashnikov uh, variant, correct? Or could possibly be an owner of a Kalashnikov variant. If I were a hypothetical firearms owner, I would favor the Kalashnikov, yes. Uh, okay. And it's very clear from the pictures that we're looking at. I mean, the Kalashnikov is a, is a rifle and a shotgun pattern that's chambered in various calibers. Mm-hmm. But the two most common, especially in Europe, uh, would be the two traditional AK-47 or AK-74 right. or an AKM variant. Mm-hmm. So they would either be chambered in 7.6239 or uh, 5.45. Uh, and in this instance, based on the curvature of the magazine, it's very clear that this is uh, an AK-47 or AKM pattern right. rifle, mm-hmm. uh, which would have a tremendous amount of recoil. It's the same mass uh, as, uh, as, uh, as essentially a 9mm round being, being fired at, at, a, at a much higher, uh, higher velocity. Uh, and if anyone wants to see an example of what a real headshot looks like, as gruesome as it is, uh, the Zapruder film is an excellent example of that. Uh, this is what happens when when a high velocity lead strikes a human target, and of course these were you know uh, larger caliber rifle rounds. I mean, what what caliber the rounds actually were uh, probably will still never be known. Uh, there's no chain of evidence with any of those bullets in that in that instance, with the exception of of course the nefarious stretcher bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, but you would you would see a a, a lot of carnage in that scenario, which is com- completely and utterly absent as he hated Jake. And again, with that round, there'd be a tremendous amount of recoil, which there is little to, to, to none of, uh, in, in this video footage evidence. Uh, have you come across, uh, the, uh, some of the pictures and analysis that's been done recently on, on the escape vehicle? No, I haven't. And, uh, if you have, please, uh, please fill us in because, um, yeah, I, I just haven't been able to. I haven't been able to dive into this as much as I, as much as I would like. But um, just by watching it, um, just by watching it a couple of times, I, I was um, I formulated my opinion relatively quickly in the fact that um, that uh, as much as as much as the West trains these guys, and as much as we've been on record training these people, I, I wouldn't put it past us um, or put it past these guys of being actual. Um, actual terrorists but once again it, it's it's a it's coming from it's coming from sources that we know are going to either misdirect or not give us the full story so who knows and we'll probably never know just like with 9-11 we'll never know exactly what happened but we can do we can do deductive analysis and tell you what didn't happen so there you go so we'll sherlock holmes this thing go well, ahead man jake i guess unlike 9-11 where we can after you know um, oh, geez, almost a decade and a half now, uh, we can pinpoint people, especially in the financial sector and the security sector and the government sector, mm-hmm. that are quantifiably linked to that crime through you know, verifiable evidence that, if presented in an actual American court of law, would hold up. Right? No, I, I would agree. I would agree with that. I'm just saying that, like the the pyrotechnics or the um, the idea that it was a um, that they were um, they were not real uh, some kind of Project Blue Beam kind of uh, orchestration, or if they were painted up um, re- painted up drones, which would be my best guess. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Like the minute details. If we're talking about following the money, yeah, we've got a case there. But go. Uh, let's get back to this. Uh, go ahead and talk about the uh, the car scenario. 
Oh, absolutely. I I guess the my ultimate point would be that it's it's become even more confusing to analyze these events as time goes on, uh, and it almost seems to be this full spectrum dominance type of uh, psyop, uh, in that there are blatantly obvious signs for those that are looking. Um, but as we start to see these events occur more and more, uh, we have to start to take into account that some of these may very well be done on purpose, uh, solely to obfuscate the narrative. Uh, so any other, you know, alternative narrative uh, is is purely based on not speculative points, but it it, it's, it creates a case where you're if you're solely chipping away at the mainstream rhetoric. Mm-hmm. and not able to uh, clarify an alternative narrative mm-hmm. definitively, then it's very difficult to sell the, the public at large on your points. And this right. car example is a wonderful example of that. Uh, the, this black, um, I believe it was a Nissan, uh, that these guys used, it's seen in the video uh, that's very prominent now, these three men getting out of this car and shooting this officer and, and fleeing the scene. Of course, one of them brought their identification to... Oh. Uh, the to the shooting and dropped it because uh, that's what terrorists were... do. I mean, that's what they did on nine eleven. They dropped the passport as they were about to crash the plane into the building. They just kind of flicked it out the window, and that's yeah, what they I did mean, here. Muhammad Atta, he was a clever guy. Jake. <laughs> so, so we we already see this kind of creation of a chain of evidence for someone to find. Sure. Uh, and then, of course, this this same vehicle, supposedly the same vehicle, which was found parked outside of this marshland where these two guys escaped to ultimately ending their shootout in a kosher grocery store uh, for some reason, completely and utterly separated from the, the original car that they'd found, um, was an identical car, uh, save one key feature. The car that the shooting uh, had, had occurred in uh, had, uh, had white uh, rearview mirrors on an all-black vehicle, and it's been pictured from multiple angles now, so it's clear that it, it wasn't you know, uh, the glare of the sun. Mm-hmm. Right, which is what people were reporting early on. Uh, they had the main, or the French mainstream media initially reported that the car that they had found with the other identification in it to pinpoint both of these two men as, as the criminals was indeed the same car that was used in the shooting. Uh, and after this was pointed out overnight in the American uh, kind of research community, uh, they came out later and said, oh, no, it's, it's a different car. They got a new car to, to, to flee the scene with. It just happened to be the exact same make and model and year and color with the exception of this, uh, of, of this rearview mirror color change mm-hmm. uh, to, to solid black, which is just so curious and sloppy because it's clear that they're two different vehicles. So if this were, you know, a psychological operation, you would think that something like that, a a blatant error like that would be corrected. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think that I think that maybe now that they're just assuming that the public is so ignorant and that will that will buy everything at the the glancing blow that we typically look at media with now. It's everything is everything is an on demand, a, a moment by moment basis. And people don't really come back and look at things like that. Now, obviously, some of us do, and some of us do pay attention. And so that's what's really going to change the narrative if we can start asking these questions, fundamental questions that can be proven instead of, you know, hypotheticals like you and I were talking about before. Like, we'll, we'll never know, like, what kind of rounds they were firing. I mean, I guess we can we, – we know just by the variant of the gun what rounds they were firing, but, you know, we're never going to have the ballistics and all this other stuff. So – um, what else? Uh, what else strikes you about this uh, this specific event? And, um, and then I want to um, read you a Fox News headline if you can stomach it. Al Qaeda turncoat who helped U.S. nail Amr Awalaki. Remember they nailed him. Remember they nailed him. Um, warns of more sleeper cells. So now the mainstream media is coming out in every major publication uh, in the United States. I checked CNN. I checked Fox. Uh, I mean, you name it, and then you look at the foreign publications, and everything is about brace for terrorists to hit you. And I tell you one thing, there are not going to be any terrorists in rural Georgia, and there are not going to be any terrorists in Texas because everybody's got guns. 
I mean, so if you tried to pull, if you tried to pull something like this, man, I saw three people open carrying yesterday here in Georgia. So you try to pull something like this, even at like a gas station, somebody's going to, somebody's going to pull out a gun and pop you. I mean, it's just really going to be that simple. But, um, now what do you make of that headline there? And then I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and, and read you just the, the quick, it's not a very long article. It's basically talking about how he infiltrated, um, how he infiltrated Al Qaeda, and then um, and then was a double agent. You know, it's all this James Bond bold. You know what that we hear from from mainstream media outlets to make it sound like that there's this this huge double spy game going on, and we're not funding and aiding and abetting these people, uh, just like in, and if you guys want the down and dirty, go read John Aronson's book, um, FBI, The Manufactured War on Terror. I highly recommend it. Uh, if you get the audiobook, it's about 15 hours long, and he goes in, and he's the one that breaks through and does all the analysis and finds out that 95% of the time the FBI will help these people go in and either give them the weapons, um, gear them up, psych them up to go perform the activity, let them either carry out the activity or bust them right before it and say, hey, man, we caught a terrorist. So what do you make of that headline really quick, Josh? And then I'll, um, I'm going to play a, a news clip for you. Well, it's so funny that you mention, you know, ISIS being stationed in North or in, you know, some kind of area of the South. Uh, there's a, a, a obviously a large Muslim population throughout Western Europe, mm-hmm. uh, and it's now being claimed as a result of this French shooting and and from other kind of uh, uh, events in the past that there are these kind of enclaves stationed throughout uh, Western Europe. Uh, and uh, there are a, a variety of different players in this game, you know, like uh, Anhem Chaudhry, uh, who I believe is an intelligence asset, uh, who, are, who are running, you know, kind of uh, ISIS-style, supposedly, training camps throughout the UK. Mm-hmm. But they also have a list uh, that, that was published uh, that supposedly uh, states that these... ISIS training camps are in America. Yeah. And it's funny that most of them are located in southern states yep. near power reactor. Yep. Which is just just laughable. And as we see the There's three of them. There's three states, of them. We'll just put it this way. There's three of them within 50 miles of where this podcast takes place. Exactly. Yeah, when I saw that list, I laughed. I was like, "Oh man, Jake uh, is gonna have some some trouble." Dude, uh, I got tons of I got tons the, of rednecks around the, me. The I, apocalypse happens. Yeah, I'm I'm the rednecks around me with and they they may or may not have tons of firearms. I'm just yeah, saying. And these are <laughs> these are just comical fabrications. Uh, <laughs> and it's funny how how every major Western nation now uh, that has any kind of military swing within NATO has suffered some kind of direct threat from ISIS. If any of these events are actually whether or not they're they're staged or organic or uh, you know kind of a combination of the two, in that they're running patsies, right? Um, or provocateur, or yeah. let them happen, or you know, there's a whole different variant to everything. Go ahead. Yeah. We now have a beheading that takes place in London. Uh, we have, you know, this recent Australia shooting. We have this French shooting. We have the beheading, the supposed beheadings in, in Oklahoma, or was it Kansas, uh, mm-hmm. that took place, uh, yeah, around the same time as the British beheadings, all linked to ISIS. Uh, all, you know, we're looking at Great Britain, France, Australia, Canada, all major military nem- NATO member uh, partners, partners that, would, that would have to be uh, involved in some kind of expansion back into uh, Iraq and Syria. Yeah, so it and almost seems to me to be this, this six-month campaign of terror, like they're rolling out a new product. Well, and I think that what, they, what they've realized now is that, the, that, that people are becoming wise to the game of, hey, Assad's the bad guy. You know, they can't just put in the boogeyman somewhere and then go, ooga, booga, booga, and then, and then the American people jump, you know, and, and go, oh, yeah, well, let's go get them. Because now we're starting to pay attention because, number one, your taxes are going up, your dollar is getting devalued, you're not, you know, you're starting to pay more attention of like, hey, wait a minute, how much money are we spending again? Wait a minute, we spend like what? We spend more money on weapons and defense than every other NATO member combined? Wait a minute. 
hold on a second. And you want to raise my taxes again to go do what? Who are we fighting? Where were all these bases? So people are asking the right questions. Now we need to direct them to, to what's going on. And so now I think that they've realized that creating a strategy of tension, an even deeper one, by creating um, small little pockets and then hyping up these um, hyping up these incidents, and albeit it is a tragic incident, let's say that it is tragic. Anytime a journalist dies or anytime something like that happens um, due to something they quote unquote, who who even knows if this is what this is about? But you know, it's being linked to this um, this cartoon image, and I love how Fox and CNN they're all talking about the image of. Um, the the image of Muhammad. No, no, it's not an image of Muhammad. It's a caricature. It is a cartoon, people. It is nothing. So that's that's what I'm starting to see is that now they, they have to do little micro things to kind of, like you said, Josh, build the momentum for something that they want down the line. They can't just roll out this cartoon bad guy like Yo Joe, um, you know, Hail Cobra kind of deal, the Cobra Kai, and then and then push people into into this idea that we need to go invade somebody that may or may not have um, may or may not have a, uh, you know. May or may not have oil. Who knows? So go ahead, man. I, I know you. I, I know you were uh, waiting to uh, to chime in there. Well, I think that's absolutely the strategy that's being you know kind of utilized, as opposed to these uh, high-profile, flashy, large events. Uh, it's kind of this more Fabian, subtle approach, where smaller but nevertheless you know catastrophic, seemingly catastrophic catastrophic events occur on smaller mm-hmm. scales more frequently uh, that are far more obfuscated, obfuscated and a little bit more difficult to analyze on a deep political level. Um, but I, I think that that's part of the the inherent deception here is that there there are an, an increasing amount of people who are asking the right questions. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I think that this, uh, this profile has been switched to largely because uh, the Western world is desensitized to this campaign of, of fear and violence. So in that sense, it's kind of reaching its end where most people are simply complacent about these things anymore mm-hmm. and have come to this inner understanding that they will never, ever be able to analyze these things correctly, so why even try? Um, and it's when we talk about an event like this or an event like the Sandy Hook shooting or even the Boston bombing as, as being a tragic event, um, I mean... Jake, speaking just for myself and not we are not cattle, uh, I, I will personally withhold my sympathies until uh, hard evidence of these events taking place uh, is displayed to me. And that may sound uh, some, somewhat callous, uh, but I guess I, I refuse to play the game of, uh, of, of taking these, these, uh, these events seriously until an actual uh, investigation uh, it has been has taken place openly, no. uh, and in this instance, uh, I don't think such a thing ever will be, um, because I highly doubt that this in that this took place uh, in the way that it has been portrayed to take place. When I look at the the psyop, at least that's what I'm calling it, the the psyop of the Muhammad caricature. Let's call it that, right? Sure. This is a meme that has been injected into the consciousness of America. For at least the past ten years. Mm-hmm. No, I at agree. At least the past ten years, a highly profiled, you know, based on a, an episode of Family Guy, the controversial episode of Family Guy that got uh, pulled. South Park then did these uh, episodes based on of it, based off of it, all uh, due to this criticism from uh, a Dutch newspaper doing a caricature back in 2003. Uh, Charlie Hebdo, this publication, which has been. Uh, universally panning essentially all religions and mm-hmm. doing these kind of caricatures for you know over a decade now, right? right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's a very oppor- it seems to be a very opportune time for for some sort of terrorist to strike. You know, after ten years of letting uh, their their uh, their sentiments fester, right? Um, and 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 choosing to strike right as the publication is on the brink of financial bankruptcy. Right, and um, and it also comes and, into and, there's there, go ahead, man. I'll let you finish up. I'm sorry. Oh, j- just a quick note. John Kerry, uh, you know, right after the event had taken place, uh, used an interesting phrase. He he called them uh, martyrs for liberty, uh, which of course was uh, <laughs> was spread. Yes, he called the Charlie Hebdo publication martyrs for liberty. This key phrase was parroted throughout 
all mainstream media talking heads for the remainder of the day, Martyrs for Liberty. And I just couldn't help but think of, uh, of the direct uh, connection that has to Edward Bernays. It is, um, is it just me, or does John Kerry look like uh, Treebeard from Lord of the Rings? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, he kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we get into this, uh, this clip with Amor Alaki, and yeah, I, I, uh, I can hear where you're coming from. You've done too much research, and, and you know, and you, how about the idea that Barack Obama comes out and 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 uh, and says we need to get behind free speech, but yet the guy that creates the Muhammad film that they blamed, you know, that they blamed all the um, the Benghazi stuff the on, yeah, that they blamed all the Benghazi stuff off. He has that guy arrested, but that you know, whatever, you know. The contra- yeah. you know, the, the hypocrisy in America will never end. So let me read to you guys briefly um, just some things that are more likely to kill you than a terrorist. And I'm getting this off the web, so enjoy, people. Mosquitoes kill 665,000. And this is for all you and think that, um, that like a clash of civilizations is coming and you're getting geared up for it. Um, it ain't coming, guys. Um, typically, this is – these are very, like – these are very staged events, and sometimes you get, like, real bona fide terror, but that will never catch fire like this will. And any time that it's staged, that's when you're going to have – or, once again, provocateur or something happens to a journalist. That's when stuff's going to get rolling. So mosquitoes kill 665,000 people a year. Hippos kill 2,900 people a year. Deer kill 130. Uh, bees kill – Dogs, actually man's best friend, 30 to 35. Ants, 20 to 50 people a year. Jellyfish, 20 to 40. Cows, the docile cow will kill 22 people every year. Horses, another 20. Spiders, 6.5. Rattlesnakes and sharks, less than one person a year. But remember, it's all about how you spend it. Yeah, Bernays was a – he kind of knew what was going on, right? Just a little bit, maybe. that it's just funny, you know, because when Bernays used the term "torches of freedom," uh, it was within a context that he had already uh, controlled, uh, you know, fairly tightly. The 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 media was in the right place. The uh, the event itself was known about ahead of time. Uh, so I think that that's uh, an interesting phrase to use for uh, for our Secretary of State. Oh, absolutely. So here comes three minutes <laughs> of. Um... Once again, the uh, the headline from the Fox News was uh, – I'm going to read this really quick, uh, and then we'll um, we'll switch topics because uh, I'm kind of done with it. Actually, i got two other things that i got to talk about. I'm, I'm not even going to read this. So anyway, I'll post this in the show notes, guys. You can find it at the website wearenotcattle.net under the show notes for episode 102. And it is – once again, I've read it to you before, but I'll read it again. Uh, Al- Turncoat, who helped the U.S. nail Alalaki, warns of more sleeper cells. So once again, everybody get nervous because the terrorists hit over in France, so they're definitely coming here. Here we go. Um, enjoy, everybody, your piece from Fox News. Anwar Alaki, the man who may now inherit al-Qaeda, invited to lunch at the Pentagon only months after the attacks. That's a Fox News exclusive. Fox News exclusive, Josh Gowdy True. Two days before the 9-11 attacks, Anwar Alaki was back in Southern California at UC Irvine. He attended a rally for Jamil Alamin, also known as H. Raph Brown, a former Black Panther who was eventually convicted of killing a Georgia deputy sheriff. On September 11th, Anwar Alaki was flying back from San Diego to Washington, D.C. In the immediate chaos and panic following the murder of 3,000 people, the identities of the 19 hijackers quickly emerged. Fifteen of them were Saudi citizens. Last points of contact were tracked down, including Alaki, who was interviewed four times by the FBI between September 15th and 19th. He was quick to go on a media outreach tour for Islam. This email, obtained exclusively by Fox News, confirms that Alaki was invited to and attended a lunch in a Pentagon executive dining room on February 5th, 2002. More than 70 people whose names were redacted by the Defense Department are copied on the invitation from the Office of General Counsel. All right, I'm, I'm done with that. So... <laughs> you don't say. Oh, come on, guys. Listen, these people are just... Yeah, whatever. 
So Yemen terror group claims it's directly. All right. So I don't even want to read this Fox News either. All right. So here's the one I want to talk to you about some of these uh, pictures that we saw. And I want to get into the other stuff that we talked about the other day when I was in the ride. Um, Okay. So exclusive NSA director uh, and director and admin Michael Rogers on the Sony hack attack and the Paris terror attacks. This was released today. This is hot off the presses at Fox News, Josh, so get ready. The director of the National Security Agency thinks the recent cyber attack on Sony Pictures could pre- could set a precedent for future attacks uh, aimed at the United States. The exclusive interview with Fox Business's firewall, Admiral Michael Rogers, who is also head of the U.S. Cyber Command, which that's nobody, voiced his concern that aggressors could utilize cyber means to accomplish their goals. End quote. What if the next time it's a nation state, a group, an individual? Wait, what if this doesn't make sense? What if next time it's a nation state, a group, an individual who doesn't like some other product or doesn't like a policy or who doesn't agree with the action that the United States or private entities within the United States take? Rogers said on Firewall. This this starts us down a very destabilizing road if we are not careful. Admiral Rogers echoed this remarks from the White House and the FBI saying that the perpetrator of was in case indeed North Korea, even though that has been proven completely false. And Josh and I can go through why it's completely false. The Sony Pictures attack is one of many cyber discussed by Admiral Rogers, who sat down firewall discussing it after giving his keynote address at Fordham University's annual International Conference on Cybersecurity in New York on Thursday. The NSA chief elaborated on testimony that he gave before the House Intelligence Committee in November concerned with the potential vulnerability of the U.S. to uh, infrastructure to Chinese hackers and other nation states. I did not. I did it very publicly in part because I want to be sure that everybody understands that this is very real, theoretical. Other than the fact that they probably got dial-up internet over in, over in North Korea, and they downloaded like thirty gigs of data or thirty terabytes of data, whatever. Um, for anybody that knows anything about internet, you just laughed your ass off right there. Admiral Rogers described the breadth and threats to the United States faced in cyber domain. He drove home in the fact that the significant terror attacks not only emanate from technically advanced nations, but also from criminal organizations and rogue groups calling, uh, calling the problem the great equalizer. All right, so there you go, Josh. Uh, North Korea is blamed once again, even though it's theoretically impossible for them to do it. And I thought that, you know, that it's already been proven that inside people pretty much downloaded the stuff and had access to the files. And so when does it, when does it end? When do we, when do we stop feeding the people, the BS? I mean, when, when is that going to happen? Fox, when are you going to actually tell us something that is worthwhile? Sorry. When they, when they, or their jobs, one of the two. Um, Oh, or they could do like well, what what's his name did on uh, MSNBC and just uh, what's it? Oh, oh my gosh, I just lost it. Uh, Dylan Radigan and just lose it because he knows what the heck's going on and talked about how the bankers were fi- siphoning off all this money and it was destroying his future and his kids' future. And uh, I think I got that clip. We'll play it on at the end if I got some time. All right, so, so transitioning from all of this garbage, let's talk about. Mar- that was the coolest stuff I've ever seen, dude. So yeah, oh, yeah. Well, we uh, discuss Mars. Mm-hmm. Do you remember uh, a, a group by the name of Lulzsec? No, I don't. So Lulzsec was a security group. It was the last uh, high-profile Sony hack. It happened in 2011, I want to say 2012. Okay. Uh, they they were a, uh, an anonymous. Uh, branch off that essentially hacked major corporations and their goal was they didn't do it for profit they would release all of private consumers information to the public so they're a very destructive group in a sense um but they they went after corporations and their proof was to prove that in the the idea of security was for the lulls right so their their overall point was to say look if you're an america if you're a consumer 
then uh, you can't trust these people with your data, and we're going to prove it to you. Right. Uh, it, took, it took the FBI three years, uh, an entire team of, uh, of, of you know, crack agents devoted to this 24-7, uh, a, a case that ended up setting a lot of American precedent to, uh, to turn a, a VPN uh, proxy law, essentially, over to the Bureau so they could catch one of the guys who ended up being a 16-year-old so they could turn him so they could catch the rest of them, right? Oh, yeah, of course. And, and, and this was based on the fact that they were essentially using a freely open proxy uh, to, to mask most of their activities. All right, so and explain to, so explain were, to people – uh, I, I understand what you just said, but explain to people at home that, that are playing the home game briefly what a proxy server is. All it does essentially is when your computer is on the internet, uh, you have a, a number that, it, for, for for you know all intents and purposes, identifies your computer as your computer, mm -hmm. and a proxy allows you to uh, change that number to uh, a, a geolocation anywhere around the world. Right. Uh, so you could make it look like your computer in Austin, Texas, is coming from this from Singapore or. Uh, or even North Korea, if they were running. No, there. come on. Why would you ever? Why would you ever set up a country? It's just so silly. Uh, interesting how that works. But that is how they were caught uh, because of uh, a, a line of code in the malware that happened. A comment section that happened to be in Korean, uh, as well as this. But but my overall point is that the FBI uh, devoting all of its internal resources to catching a, a group of essentially teenage hackers who are playing around with corporate data mm -hmm. uh, takes years uh, yeah. and a lot of forensic activity and a lot of resources. Yeah, but dude, so, anytime, like I said, any, or I've been saying to my friends, anytime that the government or mass media comes out and says, this is exactly what happened, run the other direction as fast yep. as you possibly can, as fast or as just, you can. Or just, you know, have enough uh, common sense and knowledge of the world around you in, in many realms. Unfortunately, you have to be skilled in in many realms to know when they're lying to you. Yep, that's so very it might true. Think that you don't you don't like computers, um, but in, if you want to, you know, uh, be informed in the age where digital cybersecurity uh, will be the next boogeyman, then you might have to do some some studying. Yep, and learn what a proxy server is and a VPN is. Way to way to way to drop a bunch of knowledge on people, Josh. I think we just lost all of our audience. I'm just kidding. All right, Sorry. so um, <laughs> all right, so let's talk about these Mars photos, and then I I do want to talk about the um, the psychological templates because uh, I think that's very um, when we're talking about events like this and 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 how people will react and and um, and also um, what it's what it's really taught you through public schooling and education. So. You were the one that showed me these things, and I don't know what to believe. Now, once again, the FBI and the CIA came out, um, I think it was a year ago, and said, hey, guess what? Area 51, once again, Area 51 is, um, is our research facility. It's all planes that we built, so guess what Jake does? It's aliens, dude. It I mean, when has the CIA <laughs> ever come out and said anything on record and gone, hey, you know what? We just thought we'd let you guys know. We just, yeah, we just thought we, you know, we've been for about 50, 60 years, but we're just going to let you know now. Yeah, this is what we were doing. No, doesn't happen. Does not happen. So, so explain to me how this all came about, how you came to this. And um, for those of you watching uh, through your browser, you will actually see the images that Josh and I will talk about because it'll be scrolling through uh, the slideshow. Go ahead, Josh. So the uh, the website that broke this story initially was jimstonefreelance.com, and uh, Jim Stone, I guess, is uh, is kind of an independent journalist who runs this blog fairly independently. Uh, anyone's going to go there. He's got a lot of interesting and thought-provoking work, but he's one of uh, these uh, oh the Jews control the world uh, type people. Uh, so if if that is not your operating uh, you know schema for how the world works. Uh, take that with a grain of salt before you go in uh, and <laughs> kind of filter out some of the, the more outlandish claims and just take the, the thought experiments as you will. Sure. Um, but one of these thought experiments came in the form of uh, a JPEG uh, released from NASA uh, by the NASA rover that appears to be quite clearly 
uh, the remains of some kind of Aztec or Mayan head. Um, and it's, it, I've seen a lot of these kind, this kind of supposed photographic evidence of, uh, man living on the moon or Mars or yeah, Bill Cooper, uh, behold yeah, a pale like horse Bill documentary. Cooper. He, he, he showed like moon bases and stuff like that. And that was all proven to be bupkis. Yeah. Things that look curious, but once you could examine them under the light of scrutiny, um, maybe not so convincing. Sure. Uh, this is probably the most convincing photograph I've, I've ever seen along me, these lines. Me as well. Uh, it has not yet been redacted. And that, that to me, just, yeah, makes, makes, it seem, makes it all seem very curious. Uh, I mean, is this... Did the did some form of NASA censorship? Did they slip up uh, while they were over the holiday break? Um, did they put this out because they were, you know, trolling or spreading some form of disinformation? Does this mean that the Mars rover isn't actually on Mars? Uh, I I don't know. Yeah, but that's it's an all, interesting photograph, nonetheless. Yeah, and that's all the stuff that you and I talked about. You know, I'm the last person that's going to jump on this ancient aliens theory because you and I have talked about this ad nauseum, not on air but off air. Maybe we should probably talk about that on air one time, uh, and just talk about mm-hmm. you know where all this, um, you know, where it all stems from because we don't in nine minutes. <laughs> nine minutes, we'd be able to get the first two paragraphs done in our thesis on that, but it's like. You know, understanding where all of that stuff came from, understanding how it's propagated, understanding how you tie in Eastern religion and Eastern philosophy to it, and the CIA has always got their hand in any kind of Eastern and Western kind of molding of of the two, the two, uh, the two cultures or the two ideas together, and um, it, it was just really fascinating to me to see something that came just from NASA. Once again, not redacted. This just sitting out there on the web, and when you see it, the first time you see it, you go, huh. And then you think about it a little bit more, you're like, um, yeah, that's – now, it once again, opens the door to all the questions that Josh asked. And so we don't really know what's going on. I, I think it would be interesting to find out and interesting to see what NASA has to say about it. Of course, they'll probably just, you know, pfft. oh, it's just um, – it's uh, shadowing, just some trick photography. Um who knows? They'll, they'll put all kinds space of different... Bl- it's the space blanket, Jake. <laughs> the Mylar blanket. I still haven't figured out... I still haven't figured out how we went to the moon and, and got through the Van Allen radiation belt, but whatever. Um, you Science, know. Jake. Jake, you love... It's not front... It's not front... It, the Saturn V could hold. It's not, the, it's not front screen projection. We do know that. That was the most in, in, intriguing documentary I've ever seen. So, yeah. anyway. All right. So, let's wrap up with the... Um, well, you and I were talking about six minutes. I don't even know if that's going to – actually, we should probably save that for the next show. Let's save it for the next show because um, how, how would you feel if we ended the show with a Dylan Radigan clip and then came back on the end of it? Oh, that, that sounds fine. I mean, if you want to talk about something else, you want to play a clip, it's your show, man. Yeah, I mean, and all of these other topics are just way too extensive for us to get into. And um, wait, let me see what else I had on here. I might have, oh, I mean, you know, I've got all these clips of, um, oh, how about this one? How about this one? Your boy, Bill Clinton, uh, on the sex offender thing. That is, or that is exciting. Um, he, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, like, it, I mean, if this comes as a shock to anybody, then, you know, forget about it. Actually, we shouldn't even cover this because it's going to take too long to load and too long to play, too. I'm just going to play Bill gentlemen this is what happens when a journalist when a a real person that understands what the real issues are loses his damn mind on network television and everybody else sits there stunned and you will not see this on morning joe by somebody that we might uh reference once or twice by the last name of brzezinski but this Hey, Dad, what's going on? Are we going over to Russia this weekend? All right, I'm sorry. That was a bad joke. We're going to invade Syria today, Dad. Oh, huh? God, what a joke. What a joke. All right, for those of you that don't know, Zygmunt Brzezinski, who has written, what, like eight books now? Or is it seven? Oh, God, more like dozens. Okay. Um, the Grand Chessboard, um, 
Let's see. What was the one that I read? Uh, strategic Vision, which is era. the Technocratic yeah, Age. Strategic which, Vision, the Technocratic Era. Uh, I got to read that one. You've done, done a lot of academic works as well that aren't available for public consumption. Oh, so imagine that. A lot in oh, the past 40 no. years. Dude, come on. Um, Rush is the good guys. Anyway, so um, here's Dylan Radigan, and then we'll close out the show. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what happens when a journalist loses his damn mind. Enjoy. We owe $70 trillion. Yeah, I understand that, but, but you can't do, To walk out a $4 trillion solution, I, okay, I which is basically just a way for the Democrats to avoid dealing with this until 2017. I'm not here to talk about plans to deal with this until 2017. I, I'm saying we've got a real problem, and I'm tired of Republicans and Democrats who either want Republicans who want to burn the place to the ground and Democrats, with all due respect, who want to offer a plan that gets it through the ne- their end of their second term of their presidency and then screws me and my kids okay, when it's over. Dude, and until we okay. do that we have to deal with the extraction that is at foot. It is the reason the financial markets are behaving the way they're behaving. That is a mathematical fact. This is not some opinion. This is a mathematical fact. Tens of trillions of dollars are being extracted from the United States of America. Democrats aren't doing it. Republicans are not doing it. An entire integrated system, financial system, trading system, taxing system that was created by both parties over a period of two decades is at work on our entire country right now. And we're sitting here arguing about whether we should do the $4 trillion plan that kicks the can down the road for the president for 2017 or burn the place to the ground, both of which are reckless, irresponsible, and stupid. And the fact of the matter is, until we actually, and I don't, and I'm sorry to lose my no, temper, no, and get, no. but I tell you what, I've been coming on TV They're all for scared. Years they go, no, no, no. And the <laughs> fact of the matter is that there's a refusal on both the Democratic and the Republican side of the aisle to acknowledge the mathematical problem, which is that the United States of America is being extracted. Ooh, it's being what a great extracted word. Through banking, it's being extracted through trade, and it's being extracted through taxation. And there's not a single politician that has stepped forward. Forward, Susan, to deal yeah, with this. But there's only one right now. It's a, the I leader of the free world, whether you like it or not, the leader president of the, of the United States world. is arguably one of the most powerful individuals we have out there. But and Susan, he's what you're saying is exactly the point that Dylan is making. It's no. not about one guy. It's about all no, of them I coming together. Disagree. To I disagree. I think Dylan's what saying it is one guy is about her. one guy. What is it is about one guy. What would you like him to do? I would like him to go to the people of the United States of America and say, people of the United States of America, your Congress is bought. Your Congress is incapable of making legislation on health care, <laughs> banking, trade, or taxes, because if they do it, they will lose their political funding, and they won't do it. But I'm the President of the United States, and I will have a country that is run by a bot Congress. So I'm not going to work with a bot Congress and try to be Mr. Big Guy. I'm working with the bot Congress. I'm going to abandon the bot Congress like Teddy Roosevelt did, and I'm going to go to the people of the United States. That was a bad, say, that was a bad idea Congress. right there. And until we get rid of the bot Congress, which is Jimmy Williams, constant point, which is get the money out of politics, and until a president says that's the problem and says he's going to fix it, there is no policy that I can possibly see, no matter how brilliant your idea may be, or your idea, or my idea, or her idea, or your idea at home, is that idea will not happen as long as there's the capacity to basically fire a politician who disagrees with me by taking funding away from him. Is that a fair assessment? Money in politics is the root of all political evil. All right, so there you go. That is that is what happens when somebody tells you the truth. Extraction. What a great word, Josh. And that was where almost is, like a real media. That was, that almost was like real media, wasn't it? <laughs> Holy cow. And I like how the, the one thing. woman says that the leader of the free world yeah, she tries to <laughs> Somebody, somebody, grab her talking points and tear those up for me. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, <laughs> of course, you know, Teddy Roosevelt is about as bought and paid for as Barack Obama. And you can ask anyone who lives in the Philipp- who lived in the Philippines about a hundred years ago if that was the case. Uh, you can certainly ask the bankers after the Panic of 1907 and the Trust Busting Act that ninety you know, seconds you kind of hide their identity for the creation of the Federal Reserve Act. Uh, just uh, a few years later. No, nah, uh, that was the dude, case. What are you but at talking least they about? Were smarter you... about it back then. Yeah, this is just like this is blasphemous. I mean, it is. It's absolutely hilarious. And then what he? I love it when he talks about he's he's talking about the bot Congress, and then he throws in Teddy Roosevelt. I was like, oh, come on, man! You went right there, huh? Just went there. New deal, huh? You got a new one, Josh. Sixty seconds. Hmm. So well, that was his cousin, but. 
Oh, that's right. Um, what am I thinking? It all, run, it all runs in the family, I guess. Yeah, it's all right. Hey, it could have been. It, I mean, he's a mason somewhere, right? Uh, well, no. Yeah, <laughs> we have him to thank for uh, the Bureau of Land Management. So that's cool, too. <laughs> oh, what a free country we live in. All right, so that's uh, that's going to do it for the show. Josh, uh, any parting words before we go? Uh Smash technocracy, people, in every aspect of your life. A- Amen. So we'll get it, we'll get into what Josh is doing some other time. But uh, Josh is actually taking the bull by the horns and making me feel like uh, less of a free human being. But uh, I will go visit what it's like to be a free human being every once in a while, and it'll be fantastic. So that's it for the show, everybody. Remember, get a friend, get Ten informed, seconds. get involved, uh, wake people out of their trance. Do not use the term "wake up" because that is a absolute cop out. Because I have seen people wake up to absolutely nothing uh, most of the time. They will go and re-parrot Alex Jones' narratives and other narratives instead of, hey, here's a great idea. Do research. Formulate your own opinion. Who knows? One day you might be right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.